Welcome to Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. My name is Michael Tumlin, and I'm a graphic designer, videographer, and creative looking to learn as much as I can in all creative industries. Every week, I sit down with different creatives to hear their stories, their processes, and learn how to be a better creative. This show is full of real conversations with real creatives, bringing you real advice as you navigate the creative industry. My name is Michael Tumlin, and you're listening to Creatively Brief. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm your host, Michael Tumlin, and I'm happy to welcome designer Nick Longo to today's show. Hey, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Michael. Good to see you again, dude. Good to see you, too. I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, I've kind of been in talks with Victor Davila that you're friends with for a while. Uh, he mentioned your name a good while ago, so it's exciting to finally have you on the show. Good. You're my first episode of 2021. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited for it. Let's kick it off right, dude. Perfect. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> yeah. So before we jump too deep into anything uh, about your career and things like that, can you tell us just a, a little overview of who you are, what it is that you do, and sort of where you're at in your career right now? Sure, man. Yeah. Uh, I'd say just, you know, born and raised here in Los Angeles, California, uh, had a, a inkling of going into architecture, like a lot of graphic designers, I think, did, and then took yeah. a nice big turn and said, way too much math. Let's go to graphic design. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and when I found graphic design, man, it was the perfect thing. I, I, it was like the, the, the biggest aha moment. And I'm like, there's the, the thing I can make a living at because yeah. I really struggled with what it would be. Uh, maybe not even struggle. I didn't even care sometimes at that point. It was just like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, and it was such a great focus to be a part of and been doing it for years. I've, I preliminary started my career working for other people, uh, working my way through a agency all the way to kind of running it here in Los Angeles for a good seven, eight years and, um, learned everything, learned, you know, learned all the tricks of the trade on somebody else's dollar, you know, and, uh, about seven, eight years ago, I just said, you know, at a certain time, it was the perfect timing to say, let me try something, doing something on my own. Mm-hmm. And I did that. Uh, I've been running my Longo Design Studio now for that amount of time and primarily working in food, beverage and restaurant and brewery. Uh, that's yeah. kind of like the area I love to kind of like focus on. But, you know, it's not the only thing we work on. I love to have other things involved, too. And uh, as right. long as the opportunity is great, we go for it. Um, and with that shift, you know, all of a sudden came other great little um kind of things to add to, you know, your, your, your LinkedIn and, uh, uh, started teaching at my, my, uh, alumni school, Cal state Northridge here in Los Angeles. Very cool. And, um, we were just talking earlier about yeah. listening to podcasts while you were walking and whatever. And all that time I was deciding on, you know, making a leap. I was listening yeah. to podcasts and, uh, the best podcast I had heard, uh, I, I wrote into them and became a co-host about eight years ago. And that's the deeply graphic uh, and we rebranded over about a year ago to the DGDC. Um, and we've brought in uh, another uh, great podcaster, my friend Jordan Wilson, and he and myself and Mikkel Morrison uh, now kind of spearheaded and put it all together into one. And it's just a fantastic thing. I don't have to tell you how much fun that is. So yeah, uh, that's my bag, dude. That's it. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, you just covered a lot of ground. So you were talking about the uh, working in uh, food, beverage, uh, beer can design. I mm-hmm. see a line of beer cans behind you that I'm yeah. eyeing. You've got some really, really cool stuff. I have to say one of my favorite sort of like uh, subcategories of design is like packaging, things like that. Um, oh, yeah. and, and I haven't had a chance to do a ton of it yet, uh, but I have a big appreciation for it. Packaging design. I it, If you have good packaging, man, it just it gets me. I could look at it all day. Oh, isn't that great? You're, you're, you're not only a maker of it, you're a consumer of it, right? Yeah. I, I am, I, I can't, uh, I can't get, go in it. I can't do a quick target run anymore. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm always like, Oh my God, what's, I saw something down that aisle. I've never yeah. seen yet. And, and I take pictures, like I'm a complete crazy man when I'm there, but <laughs> I love, I think what it, what it fixes is that need uh, in that world of architecture and 3D and mm-hmm. seeing things more 360, uh, packaging allows folks like us to probably play in that 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 playground a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and my dad was an architect, so I'm I'm just it feels like it's in my blood in a little way. Yeah. And that's why packaging is such a 
a fantastic little area to get into. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. You mentioned that as well. Um, that was another thing I was going to touch on. So you talked about the architecture. That was literally my exact path. So I got into, I went into high school and like early on, I thought I wanted to be an architect. Uh, my dad's actually a contractor. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well I want to go a little bit more design. And I did that and kind of the same thing. I like math. I feel like a lot of designers don't. Um, but it was still, I just kind of was like, nah, that's, I I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I, I think, coming from that background and kind of like, I would imagine, uh, you kind of like looked in on your dad's work. Maybe he taught you things here and there. You know, I would be building things out in the backyard or the driveway, building uh, little garbage can containers and stuff and working on Always. these projects. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not one to really work with my hands. That's not something that I'm like, like the traditional art in the sense of like drawing, painting, that's not really my thing. Uh, yeah. but I do have an appreciation for craftsmanship and things. I think maybe a little bit more in that, that realm of things more like construction architecture. So that's an interesting point you brought up. I think it's just putting pieces together and seeing what happens. And I, you know, and I, even as a kid, I'd look at toys and look at like, I'd break it open to see what, what was making this work. Like, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Of course, parents would hate it, but like, (laughs) I I just, it's just a curiosity, right? Like to see how that stuff. So when I remember getting the first few things in packaging and I was kind of, I took my first job that was in that zone. I remember the, getting the first few projects and almost having to learn myself. Cause I didn't want to say to my new boss, like, I don't understand this. So yeah. there was that thing about printing it out and cutting it yourself and, you know, putting it together and seeing how these things work. And next thing, you know, your mind's like um, doing all the flaps for you yeah. and you, you can almost fold things in your mind and everything. And then that leads to much more creativity in what you're designing for your job or your client, because right. you now fully understand it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I'll say this and then we can keep moving because I'll go on (laughs) forever about packaging. Uh, but you know, looking at, looking at those kind of things that you're talking about, the flaps and all that, I think what was so like, what drew me to it so much was kind of that puzzle. Cause that's what I always liked about math is like algebra and stuff. It's like, well, it's just one puzzle. You got to figure out what the solution is. And that's kind of like all of design, but when you have that physical product at the end of it and you can kind of, and you have to like kind of fiddle with it and figure out, well, what goes on this panel? And maybe if you do this one way, it's upside down on accident, like all those kinds of little things. I think that's what's so, so exciting about it for me. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I see that spark in my students because the minute they do something on their own and they see the flap turns and now the art's upside down, they they instantly get it. And they, and they do that like, no, 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 I got it. Let me fix it. And it's that problem solving. Right. That's right. That's kind, of what, that's kind of what we do to our core. Right. Yeah. 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 Very cool. I don't think I've ever had such a great conversation right off the first question like that. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to have you on again and we'll do like a whole, a whole packaging episode. That's all oh, it'll be about. Dude, that would be amazing. You get awesome. for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So what was sort of your introduction to graphic design? You talked about uh, how your dad was an architect and so you kind of were interested in that, but what was your first introduction uh, sort of to the graphic design more, more related to how you work today? Yeah. Uh, my, one of my best friends was a year ahead of me in uh, going to university from our community college. Okay. We have same age, grew up since kindergarten. And next thing you know, uh, he's, he's now there and he's taking, this graphic design class. And I was like, what is that? Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, it was that much of a light bulb moment. And I immediately uh, did my prerequisites to make sure that when I transferred to the university, Mm -hmm. uh, I could start taking that. And what was beautiful was my first or my last two years, I had figured I had finished everything else in general ed and was able to just concentrate purely on graphic design. Mm -hmm. And for those two years, it was just diving into it, uh, working part-time at a place that was um, in addition to like a retail job I had, I was also doing uh, a few hours at a design place and I was doing an internship. Uh, wow. Just, I wanted to learn everything about it, man. Yeah. Uh, because it was like, I was afraid it was going to go away. <laughs> it was yeah. like one of those things, right? You're like, how did I just find this? This is uh, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and I was still quite naive. You don't know, uh, like any young designer, what path is going to be thrown ahead of you. You can have a plan, but God, I had no clue where it would go, but it was just yeah. a happy feeling of like, I found something, it triggers my curiosity. It, it's something I want. It's problem solving. Um, and, and it never looked like a job. It was actually, I want it like, Oh really? That project's going to be designing a logo. I, I was doing that when I was six and I was drawing with my dad. I would yeah. say, I'm like, dad, that company needs a logo. And I make this little shield. And my dad just looked at me like, you're, you're nuts. Like, where did you get this? <laughs> so it was, uh, 
it was a, I think brand has been uh, whoever, whatever brands entered my life as childhood, as a child uh, have really done their job. You know, you look at the, yeah. these epic brands that you still look at today and uh, they, they resonate with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, my, the one unique thing to me, I feel like most people I have on the show kind of come more from your perspective where they didn't really know about design mm-hmm. and they kind of get introduced and it's suddenly like, this is what I've been looking for. Yeah. Uh, I think I was introduced to it really early. Like my first graphic design class was in sixth grade. Wow. Um, That's yeah. Amazing. And it, it was like graphic design. Like I was cutting palm trees out of a beach picture, yeah. but like, I mean, it was, you know, it was gimp and it was those Just kind different of medium, right? Exactly. And yeah. so that was kind of my first introduction. And at the time I wasn't really thinking like this is a career. Uh, and it wasn't until then I was a sophomore in high school. My parents got me a laptop. They got me Adobe. I was listening to 21 pilots and they had a really deep fan base of like fan art and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just started watching YouTube videos about Photoshop. And from there, that's kind of, that's where I'm that at. did it. Now I'm almost done with college. I'm in my fifth year. I'm ready to get out, but- uh, You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way out. You said you finished your uh, general education classes. Yeah, I'm still in Spanish right now, so- Oh my I'm, gosh, yeah. You got to gotta clear the waters, dude. And just I know, let it, I know. And, and I always tell anybody in your position too, like, just wait. As soon as you're done- all you worry about is is your job and design. You're not juggling a work thing uh, yeah. and school and scheduling and maybe some extracurricular thing. Yeah, it's just the 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 work and the job you get to kind of focus on, and it and it gets better. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Good. Um, Good. Yeah. So then. <laughs> Kind of segueing off of that though, so you you kind of got introduced to design and you started you know pursuing that. At what point did you kind of feel that shift from not not away from maybe doing your freelance work and kind of working in the industry, but also kind of adding that professor and, and starting to become a professor towards these younger the younger generation coming up? It took a long time. I remember yeah. wanting to think about it even when I graduated. I was like, I could see myself doing this. You know, yeah. There were those there were those one or two teachers that made such a lasting impression and had a very unique way of presenting the work that I cared. And then I would I remembered looking at other teachers and no fault in them, but it was like, you just didn't, maybe I, I, I am too ADD to, to be like, uh, to grab, just to uh, have an attention to anything that's thrown my way. So I looked at what was really special about the ones that even to this day, I can remember, uh, them presenting a project and telling us what it was. And the ones that were amazing were the ones that were still working in the field and in the industry. Right. And they'd come in, they'd even come in late because I took a lot of night classes because of all the jobs I had. And I remember one of them coming in and he was late, but he had a pitch deck in his hand. And he's like, I want to show you guys what we presented to, I think it was like um, U-Haul or one of the big moving companies. They were rebranding all of um, the the trucks and the and the vehicles and the planes. Yeah. And he's showing us all the graphics. And we were just, you know, drooling. We were just like, yeah. oh my God, what is this? This is, this is like exactly what we want to do. And right. that was my, I think that was my, that, that one deck that he showed was probably the, the the dangling carrot for the next you know five or six years because yeah. I'm like when I get to do that then I'll know uh, I'll make it so that that teacher really left a lasting impression and it wasn't until obviously like I mentioned earlier when I left my agency job mm-hmm. and started my own thing uh, I've told this story before someone said they're like, you almost look like you had a, for years, you had a red light above your head. Meaning like if anyone wanted to ask, would you join in on this? Or can you be a part of this project? Whatever, there was already a red light saying no. Mm-hmm. And the minute I quit the job and was doing everything, they said like, wow, it was like you had a green light. All of a sudden you were saying, and I got to read that book. Uh, I don't know. I think it's Matthew McConaughey has a book now called I got green it light. over on my table oh, back that's here. Great dude. <laughs> he, he's, he said, God, that, that I saw an interview with him and I was like, damn, that was, uh, that, that light green light thing made a huge difference. And this was years ago. I remember thinking of this and, um, I went back and talked to my, uh, at my school, one of the teachers asked me to come back and, um, he, he immediately was like, Hey, we should talk, you know, blah, blah, blah. You should, you should definitely get in the pool Mm -hmm. of people. And I lucked out about two weeks later, a teacher had to back out for some, some reason. And he calls me and says like, would you be interested in one next semester? And I was like, you mean like in like six, seven months? He goes, no, yeah. like in a week and a half. Oh. And I'm like, and I'm like, what? Like, first of all, I'm like, how does that work? I mean, don't I have to be qualified? And, and yeah. he's like, 
they, they had had to do like an emergency hire and I had to take full advantage of it. I remember just saying yes before even thinking about it. Yeah. And it has been, it's turned into the, just the greatest opportunity. My, my students are just the best. Uh, it, it keeps you on your toes. You know, you have to practice what you preach now, which is good. It's like having yeah. a, you know, it's like having this, these guardian angels go, Hey, uh, you said, you know, uh, never use that font. And I'm like, yeah, Yikes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's but so funny. Uh, that's, that, how that, that's how it's been. Yeah. That reminds me of, uh, one time. So, you know, Victor is a big, um, big proponent of deadlines, right? I mean, mm -hmm. all professors are, that's kind of part of the job. Yeah. Uh, and I remember one time, uh, him talking about, uh, he had basically a sprint. I don't know if y'all do the same thing sprints where you have oh, those yeah. short design challenges. And, uh, and he, he comes into class one day saying he had one because I guess he, there was confusion in the due date of something. And so he basically something he was supposed to do in like a week, he had to do in like a day and a half. And he's like, I ended up staying up like all night working on it, things like that. Uh, and I remember sitting there thinking to myself, like you said, he's, he's practicing what he preached. So if yep. he can do it and he's not above it, then yes, I have to do it. Even though I We're may not human. love the assignments, you know, yeah. they're, <laughs> they're stressful. Um, yeah. but I also look back to being out of the program now and kind of finishing up these other classes. I, I look back at it and see how beneficial they were too. Um, for yeah. myself, especially, I remember, I, I think I've talked about this on the show, but I remember one, one day in class, I don't even remember what we were working on. I asked him a question and, uh, I, I ask a lot of questions. I don't like ambiguous or abstract things. They stress me out. Uh, yeah. if somebody doesn't like something, I want them to tell me why. And Victor doesn't like to tell you why, because he wants you to figure it out, which yeah. is good. I'm glad he did it. But I remember him telling me, he's like, Michael, you have got to stop asking so many questions. Like, like cut it out. I was like, okay, Victor. And I feel like, man, I disappointed him. Like, I want to do better. So it's going into my last semester in my senior year. Um, and I decided, I was like, I'm done. I'm not asking questions unless it's literally yeah. like, when's the due date? And I look back and I'm like, that is like some of the best work I've ever put out. So I think, wow. you know, looking at that, I it's one of those things that it's not like a design lesson, but I think that also speaks to how important being a professor, you have to kind of have that balance of all of it. Like there's more to it than just teaching design fundamentals. Yeah. And that's being, you know, able to be on the fly that quickly too. And catering to each student. I think, you know, no two students are alike, no two right. teachers are alike. And I think that's probably what's the, the best DNA of, of the right teacher student combination is both being able to be flexible. And like, you might have said, God, I, I, I got to stop. I don't understand the value in that. But yeah. months later, you did see right. the value in that. And he probably on that that moment just said something like, whoa, I hope like I, I've said things like that blunt. And I walk away going, did I just completely, you know, burst their entire yeah. design bubble? And no, it, it's the you got to know the student that can handle it and yeah. the student that can't. Yeah. Yeah. I also think there's a lot of trust between uh, professors too. whenever you like at that point, that was probably like my I guess only my second class, but I mean, two semesters a lifetime with a professor. So yeah. you get to know them better and you know that, you know, obviously Victor's looking out for the best of all of his students, um, as oh, I'm yeah. sure most professors are. So there, there's that level of trust as well, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so then how has your experience working in the industry kind of played a role in your approach uh, to to being a professor and teaching your students? I know you talked about how those professors that were still working were the ones that influenced you the most. So how have you kind of yeah. carried that into your uh, career as a professor? I, I It's such a hard like balance because again, every student's different too. But right. I can, if I sum it up, I would say the things I try to do are, look, we all know design, having design taste, having design principles, uh, that's so important, right? That's a given. That's the stuff right. that you should be leaving school with. The things that are not taught and the things that we, I try to focus on in, in addition to all of those other things that are the givens are those things of just being the, the, the best person, the best applicant, the best, like I want, I want my students to have an interview and that, that person on the other side goes, I can't live without this person. Like they right. have to be a part of my organization or they'd be a perfect fit because knowing the years of hiring and firing and being and running teams and, and building cultures, I realized that, look, I'd, I'd hire a highly, you know, enthusiastic, happy, positive, you know, uh, team building person that has slightly less design skills than the rock star that is just a, car, a piece of cardboard. You know, right. I, I, I mean, right. you have to, and that real world thing is what I try to throw into the class so much. And mostly 
their grades are based on engagement more than maybe the, the end design, because let's right. face it, they can always spend the summer or the break and, and, and make those projects better if it didn't come out 100% while right. we're in class. Um, there's no time limit to these things. If it's going to be in your portfolio, you make it the best. And that means maybe, you know, re revamping it. The things I won't get time with them afterward, uh, once they leave, are those things about presenting, uh, clearly communicating, how to do a critique where you're, you know, you're critiquing the work, not the person. Right. All these little things that add up. Um, so I try to make sure that's, that's there. Um, but it, mostly it's, I try to shatter that myth that creatives are overly sensitive and hard to work with. And yeah. the more people we can add to our industry that are not that and are very collaborative, understanding of, of work, uh, work-life balance, all right. that stuff, right? My gosh, that's such a better person out in the, in the industry. And I, I think we've, this industry has made huge shifts over the last you know, 10 to 15 years uh, and maybe social media and all these other things and podcasts are a great way of all of us to be a little more transparent and talkative. Right. Um, but it makes such a difference now. I mean, back when I first started, I remember, you know, creatives weren't even invited to meetings sometimes because it was like, well, they're just going to do whatever we tell them to do. Right. And even my creative director, I'm like, why aren't you in that meeting? Like, yeah. you should be like pounding on that door, you know, and little by little, you know, that these roles all kind of merge now because we have data and we all have, we all have access to data that is what we are going to build that strategy on. Right. So why not be there? You know, and, and I yeah. try to tell them that too. So strategy would be probably the second thing. Yeah. I make sure they are, they are strategic marketers in addition to designers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you're, you, you touched on social media as well. And I think like, it's hard because, you know, I feel like we as creatives, we get frustrated with people when they don't value design like we do. Right. But yeah. I also wouldn't value, I don't know, something else that like if I'm not plugged into it, of course, I'm not going to value it like the person who's actually doing it. Right. Yeah. So it's like sort of that you have to walk the line between they may just not understand. And I think social media has kind of brought it to the forefront where now there's these smaller businesses. Right. That are able to run ads on Instagram and Facebook mm -hmm. and they might do something. I did the same thing. Right. I, I ran an ad that had it was full of text. It was like way back years ago. Don't worry. I'm not that bad anymore. But <laughs> um, it was tons of text. And I remember the thing saying, like, if it's this much text, we're not going to show it to as many people. So you mm -hmm. start to kind of look at it and say, okay, so now you have to you have to solve the problem of how do I communicate it without that? And I think once you start doing that and seeing that those things need to be done, as someone who's not in design, you start to see this is why designers are worth the money that they're asking, right? Because they're yes. solving those problems for me. So I think yeah. the social media, it, it's also kind of bringing that to the forefront and, and kind of making everyday people sort of understand why it is that things are designed the way they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's billions of billboards happening on people's phones every day, which yeah. used to live in the real world, right? Like, you, right. You, it's so it's so accelerated. Uh, I mean, my God, that's why we're, you know, you look at these windows that uh, I, I look at Twitter specifically as this just moving window yeah. and if, if nothing engages, it's, it's dead and gone, you know? And so, and there's so many different ways to, to, to look at social media too, right? Like right. in, when, when I was bringing it up, I'm thinking more or less like, because we have ways like you and I connecting or me and Vic, uh, uh, uh being a part of cancel con back, you know, last year and, right. and being introduced to each other and meeting tons of different professors. That's the positive. Right. And, you know, then there's the negative side too, which I hate, but it's like this, 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 um, fear and this kind of thing that we have to keep putting stuff out there as designers right. and stuff. I'm only going to put it out there if it means more revenue for my business. That's as simple right. as, it, as it gets now. I'm going to use it though, as the, the hub and the connection and the lead to the next person that maybe I want to get on the podcast or I want to just meet and pick their brain. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a balance between the two. You got to kind of see, mm -hmm. see what works best for you and not, not feel the pressure to do what, you know, society or algorithm says that you yeah. have to do, which, which can be yeah. hard. I think, especially, uh, for young designers and I've talked about it a ton, so I won't, I won't dive too deep, but uh, <laughs> no worries. I, the, I don't need to talk about it anymore either. Yeah. 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 The, the algorithm's <laughs> whack. And all I can say is you just got to do you with all that stuff. Oh so. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, you kind of talked about how you do a lot of, uh, beverage design, packaging design, a lot of those kind of things. Yeah. So, uh, what, what is your experience with that? How did you kind of get into it? Was it something where you maybe just had uh, a project that kind of sparked your interest or was it sort of more of an intentional decision where you saw these packaging, you know, products and you said like, that's cool. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I'd say it was a wild card of 
two things. Obviously, first, the first project I or the first client I landed mm-hmm. uh, and had for about seven years was a, a snack company. So it was <laughs> it was almost like perfect. Like this is great. Like I'll just take it. Yeah. And and the second part of that wild card was just being a complete foodie and a, and a lover of all all that stuff. And for years in my agency world, we were doing we were designing all the kids meal toys for like Burger King and Taco Bell. Oh, cool. And and I always felt like that was a bit of a God, I always felt a little like ashamed of it because here we were using major big entertainment properties to sell the world's crappiest food. You know, it was like <laughs> I felt like that was just kind of like, uh, like what a what a sometimes it was like, God, knowing that our designs were going on these things that, you know, contain, you know, 8000 grams of sugar or, yeah. or fat or whatever. So little by little, the, the companies that I got involved with were more on the health and wellness and mm-hmm. side and plant-based stuff and all these other things. And, and I'm, I'm been a vegetarian for years and now vegan. So I'm, I'm almost loving the fact that I get to do these things that I feel are uh, making up for a lot of that, that old yeah. time. And there's just something about, again, the, you know, the physical thing, um, it's also, you get to share, you know, it's like projects that I get to work on. If I get some samples, whatever, it's great to just share with like family and friends and be like, it's not about look at this. I made this, but it's more like, oh my God, try this project, this product. It's so right. good. Like you might, this might be something you, you actually buy. I love referring things and, and being an advocate for these brands. So yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, it's like a wild card. It was by no means intentional. Yeah. Uh, it was just landing that first one and it just planted the seed, you know? Yeah. No pun intended with food and plants and all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to shift a little bit then and take a deep dive into one of your projects. Yeah. Uh, so can you, I want to talk about Frill Frozen Desserts, but before we kind of get into sort of the meat of it, can you give us sort of an overview of what the project was, what your role was and sort of how you approached it? Yeah, I, I get to go to this really great uh, uh, expo and I'm hoping it comes back because I've been going for about six years now. It's called um, Expo West and they do Expo okay. East and it's the world's largest um, natural foods and product uh, trade show. And I brought my students there. We're walking around. They gave me a bunch of passes, which was awesome because it's packaging like heaven, right? You're, yeah. You got like 4,000 vendors showing off their projects wow. and it's everything from, you know, Cindy and Sue from Denver making salsa to Cliff Bar and, you know, Kind Bar and, yeah. and you name it. And so we're walking around and this guy's sampling ice cream and we're like, this is amazing. And he's like <laughs> fully, he's like plant-based, no milk, uh, you know, no sugar, yeah. whatever. And we're, and we're just, and my students are eating up, whatever. And he looks at my badge and he's like, w- he's like, where are you from? And I said, well, we're here from LA. And I said, um, uh, these are my students, but I run a design agency. And he goes, oh, oh, perfect. And he comes over with the, and he goes, I want your honest opinion. And he holds up the packaging and he goes, what do you think? And I was like, I, I don't have any criteria. I don't know what to say. Right. You know, yeah. I was like, and I'm like, and, and, and I wasn't, I didn't think it was the most shelf appeal thing. It wasn't yeah. bad. It might just have been wrong. And so I said, um, I said, well, I go, I'm not exactly sh- I know what this is now because you've, you've, we've tried to sample, but right. I really wouldn't know. There's not a lot telling me, you know, what it is. And he's like, that's what I keep telling our entire company. And, he, and he's the most <laughs> passionate guy. Yeah. Super, super friendly. I gave him a business card. Next thing you know, we, we met up uh, locally. He's, he's in Pasadena, which is only a good 40 minutes away. Right. And we met up and we came up with a plan to kind of rebrand him. He, he was, he was in only a few stores and he was trying to get into the big stores, the big, the big uh, Whole Foods and the Sprouts and all these ones that we have all over the country. Right. And he was getting n- negative response to the packaging and incredible ins- response to the product. Right. So we've had some, some help and some experience in getting clients into these places by giving them much more appropriate packaging to uh, I mean, to stand up to the competition, right? You're going right. to be on the same shelves of people that are spending, you know, millions of dollars, let alone thousands of dollars. Um, so how do we even the playing field? And, and it made me realize, I was like, that's kind of what I feel like my niche was, was because I could be right next to some brand. Uh, my client could be right next to some other brand that's probably spent, you know, a half a million dollars to a million dollars on that rebrand. We're doing it for a fraction of that, but I can, I can level the playing field. I right. design is design. Right. Right. So we, yeah. So we, we, that was our task was to uh, rebrand him, but also make it more 
appealing to all the buyers of these stores, not the consumer just yet. It was really the buyers of these stores that would say, okay, now you have a packaging that is worthy of our shelves. That's really right. what they say. You know, yeah. it's that, that was the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of speaking to that point, uh, I, I was looking through the case study on your website and it said that, so obviously it's kind of like this rebranding, right? To a degree, rebranding, repackaging, rebrand packaging. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you would kind of fit that, but uh, that was sort of I like- call the, it refer- It's like a full reinvention. Like, you know, okay. the DNA, everything stays because they couldn't change the name. Right. Uh, copywriting would have been crazy and all the, the websites and the URLs, they because I, I even kind of questioned them on that. But yeah, yeah. I'd say a complete rebrand refresh maybe is the best way to look at it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so the main goal is to sort of refresh this project, this, uh, this product, right? Uh, yeah. so one of the goals that you said, the kind of the main thing with this was to add more personality to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's, that kind of puts you in sort of a different, uh, uh, situation than maybe some other products, right? Like not all of them are trying to show a lot of personality. Some of them are more subdued. Uh, So how did you sort of approach this project? Did you approach it differently than maybe some of your other projects? Uh, It was a little bit of a um, juggling act because they wanted to keep the mascot. And that was, that was knowing that they had shareholders throughout this company that they're, they were just great in telling me like, look, he needs to stay. And that's our only way to sell this in uh, because everybody was, it was an international brand too. It sold in other parts of the world. Right. And a lot of the other territories did not want to change. It was doing just well there, but in America it wasn't. So I looked at it and said, the personality needs to spark. Like this should be the funnest thing on the shelves. Like there, when they showed me what chefs and home cooks and consumers were doing, they were actually melting they have one that's called, um, uh, it's a greens one. It's all mm. based on, uh, it's made of like leafy greens and everything. And it's, just, and it's got this mint in it. It's delicious. Yeah. But I, they were, they were melting it and using it in salad dressings. They were using it as a marinade. They were, huh. so all of a sudden I was like, guys, this is the most experimental ice cream I've ever seen. Like, and then I said, when I was looking at my, I, I, I'm a huge proponent of brand archetypes and mm. finding that right one. And we were looking at, we were like, the, the consumer here should be the adventurer, the person that wants to just try anything. Yeah. Because we looked at the, there's an image on the, my case study. We looked at all the competition and every single brand over the last two years in the frozen food, food area has literally copied Halo Top and just put the <laughs> calorie count bigger than the brand. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, maybe we need to do that. And I'm like, absolutely. We're going to do the 100% opposite. Right. Like, why follow? Like, it's right. like that's, it's the zigzag thing, right? Like, yeah, this is, this is the prime opportunity to go back to just brand basics and build a brand based off of the adventurous person, uh, the health benefits. I'm like, I'm not seeing the health benefits on this packaging right now. So we, right. we emphasized all that. We worked off of this idea of adventure and just kind of like experimental. And that made me think of a chalkboard that made me think of like, you know, when you see that that visual of a chalkboard and someone's figuring out the equation. Like we were talking about math earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's got to look a little like that. And then it's going to have those pops of color and, but it's going to look like, Whoa, there's, this is like an, an experiment in a children's laboratory, you know, it's like, you know, and that's what, that's the visual I had. I gave them the, the kind of the, um, the essence. And we did a whole discovery thing before even doing a single bit of design and sold that in. And I told him, I'm not going to lift a finger unless you we agree here because right. no one can come back and say, you know, ooh, this is looking too, you know, um, too loose. Right. That was a that was a pillar in our in our pitch. So like once they sign off on all that, these guys were amazing to work with because they yeah. they were just like, hold my hand, take me through this, and that's exactly what we did. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like a, a dream client, isn't it? Someone oh, who's willing yeah. to listen to you and, and kind of let you do your thing and just see where it takes you. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And they would go and take, I gave them all the arsenal and all that to go to their folks and sell it in too. Because yeah. again, too, I don't sometimes as a solo kind of business owner and having just general contractors and freelancers that I work with and independent contractors, there's no other contact person. So like, to me, I have to limit with my clients, uh, how many point people there are. And two is the max, right? right. Like I, I just cannot deal with anything more than that. Right. They were such good advocates and would go in and, and they took notes 
they listened to when we had our conversations right. and they brought that into their meetings with their, with their team and made for a much smoother uh, project and, and, and organization for sure. Very cool. Very cool. So kind of comparing the two, uh, mm-hmm. the two versions, right? The original that they had and then the, the refreshed version that you created. Uh, you kept the mascot in the final design. You mentioned not, not uh, changing the name, so I assume the, the mascot kind of went with it. Um, yep. but, but seeing that, right, so that kind of came over with it. Uh, w- what would be sort of your opinion or, or your thoughts on how important brand equity is and sort of if there's times whenever you have to kind of harken back to that and keep that versus if there's any instances where maybe it's better to let it go and kind of start fresh. Yeah. This was a clean sweep for sure. Um, and knowing that two or three things would stay, uh, those, those became the root that became the thing that like, look, it's still there. Right. Uh, We're not, we're not changing whatever. And then I even had to say them, I'm like, guys in, in in the States, no one knows you yet. There's a, you have, you might know you've got a few thousand followers and you've got, you hear from people saying that your product's the best you, you can, you can make the switch and not lose anybody. You're just going to gain. Like even if you lost, you know, 5% of your current audience, we could be gaining, you know, 400% of your current audience in new people. Um, So a lot of times, again, it's, it's, it's good to know those things in the back of your mind to, to describe to the client uh, what the advantages of doing this and how they can, how they can, because to them, it's a big leap. You know, this is, you know, you look at anybody that has to do this and they're on such a small scale. You look at, you know, think of when Burger King just did this and they got, they got to do it in, you know, what, 50,000 locations right now. Yeah. They got to change signs and colors and uniforms. It's an investment. Holy crap. Right. Yeah. So this was, I kept saying in your perspective, this is a cinch, you know, this is, you're going to, we're going to go right through this and it should be fine. So I, I think it's, it's the brand equity, obviously, it's more in, let's just call it the, the product sold, it, sold itself. If you put right. this in a mystery container and tried it, you would never believe it has all these benefits and it has, it doesn't have the things that, and it doesn't have all that crap. Right. So what I was trying to tell them is like your brand equity is truly your product. We're just making the skin, you know, yeah. on it. You're not changing your ingredients and you're not, you ever, you ever buy a product over and over and then you get it one time and you go, Oh, whoa, this doesn't taste the same anymore. Like they, yeah. they're cheapening out somewhere. Yeah. And, and I'm like that, no design in the world is going to save that, right? right. You, you just changed your product and made it worse. So keep the loyalty there. Let's enhance it with the packaging. Yeah, that's definitely, that's uh, like you were saying, kind of from their perspective, it's always different. And, and it, it's like, you know, we don't have as much to gain from it as they do, right? Because like we're the designers, mm-hmm. so we're doing a job. But this is like probably their livelihood. They've built this over years. You know, they've worked at it and stuff. So it can be. I had a, a interview uh, with Hallie Hauer uh, way back, actually. It feels like got to be almost a year ago now. Um, mm-hmm. But she kind of talked about that and how whenever you're working on these projects, you kind of have to you have to see it from the perspective of your client that like, yeah, we can see the benefit of the design, but like you're saying, you almost have to pitch it to them and explain to them why, you know, yes, yes, this is a big change. Yes. This might be intimidating, but it it can do X, Y, and Z to make your business that much better. Yeah. And and that's the whole part of any designer taking that initiative and taking that tone. Mm -hmm. It, it makes you less of the pixel pusher. You know what I mean? Right. It's, and again, um, I know a lot of younger designers fear doing that because they're like, I'm not that, that person that should be giving the advice yet. I'm like, right. test the waters a little bit, try it out with, with, with the smaller client. I have a, a student that's taking on her first, um, freelance job right mm-hmm. now and just gave her a ton of stuff in an email yesterday. And I was just saying, look, look, this is what I do, but pick, just pick the, the, the most important things in there and right. try those out. And now they're going to look at you as the professional, you know, right. uh, I think it was, I can't remember who, who told the story, but it's very similar to when you, you hire any professional come to come in your house and fix something. You're not sitting there going like that pipe, uh, Bob is not going to be the right one for my toilet fix. You know, <laughs> you're not second guessing them. Right. So be that same way as, as the design lead and the liaison and be like this, you know, instead of saying like, I think the green is a better choice. You you right. got to be like I know the green is a better choice. Right. You, you have to you have to change. I think a little bit of your vocabulary and your delivery. Yeah. Next thing you know, you they're in your pocket and right. you're like, Phew. like now it's less challenges. They trust you. Right. And they go forward with that. 
Right. Because I mean, if you don't trust yourself, you know, if for your example, right, if a plumber came into my house, said, well, I'm pretty sure this is the right size nut. I'd be like, well, if you're not (laughs) confident, maybe get out of my house before you like blow up my toilet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of it is how you carry yourself. And I think especially for younger designers, uh, that's hard. You know, myself, it's it's weird to kind of push back on a client like you're paying me. I feel like I shouldn't be doing that. And at the same time, that's almost our responsibility as designers is to kind of guide them because we know better than them or else they wouldn't have hired us. Right. If they if they have that deep of an understanding, they wouldn't need us. So it's definitely it's it's a hard shift in your brain to kind of like flick that switch. Mm -hmm. Um, But but I agree, you know, I've had in just a couple experiences where I've kind of pushed back and said, you know, I I really don't think that's the right move. Um, I I have felt like they've kind of trusted me a little bit more, even if they don't end up going the direction that I thought, uh, you know, they, they seem like they have that trust built a little bit. Totally. Yep. And that's a, that is a huge threshold to get past and I get it. I think the whole, and I got to make a note that that's something really, uh, key to spend some more time with because, um, the, once you do test the waters with it, once you do try it, uh, you get better and better. It's just like anything you do, you're exercising, you know, new, new things. And, uh, then you get used to it and it becomes habit. Right. So trying that out, uh, particularly that's the best time to do it. Maybe you don't have much to lose if it backfires with right. smaller, with smaller clients that you're just dealing with while you're still in school. But, you know, you get to be, I think it, 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 it grows you even into a better employee, into a better person down the road, you know? Yeah. Uh, let me get that. There yeah, you go. yeah. Those damn spammers. I had do not disturb on. <laughs> That's, I get spam calls all the time. I'm on Sprint and they don't have a, a ad blocker or anything. Spam blocker. I get them like every single day. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's it's maddening. Crazy. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So so kind of transitioning a little bit again. Uh, what would be your favorite project you've been able to work on? This one seems like a fun one, but I don't know if you've got another one in mind. Maybe that you just oh. enjoyed the process the most, or, or what would you say is your favorite project? Oh, man. Um, God, there's been, there's been a few good ones for sure. I think I got to look at like long-term mm-hmm. rather than one particular one-off things here or there. Um, some of the longest clients I've had have been the ones that were really, really just fun to work on. Some of them were already pre-established and I just came in and, and, and worked with them and was their like sole graphic designer for many, right. many years. And those were great. Some of the first snack bar things I got to be a part of, and those were awesome too. But um, for about four years now, we've been doing uh, and started from day one with 14 Cannons, which is a brewery out here. And that has just become one of those things where it's almost family. It's just one of those things where we work so like, you know, fluidly now. And so and we're just on such a great role when anything comes through. And it's also in it kind of like um, started the whole thing of like not just building a brand and and helping them with typography and naming and cans and packaging, but becoming the environmental part of it. Like right. when you walk in, what you know, work we 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 planned it out in a blank warehouse and drew on the concrete where things were going to go. You know, it was right. like that. That's like bring boy, you get to bring that an experience to life rather than just a product, right. it's a whole other environment. And so now becomes the this responsibility to keep everything in sync. I, my mom wants to go and be like, you know, oh, we're going to do this new line of cans and it's going to look like this. But then I have to reel back and be like, but that's not part of our, you know, our, our DNA and our story right. and everything. So we've had to be, it, it's challenging it's smooth. It's all those things like wrapped together. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, they, and, and it's a small business and, you know, primarily right now with them not being able to be open and we've had to get really creative in the ways we do social media for them. Right. The messaging, um, continuing on with the positivity and continuing to roll out They're They're still putting, investing in new beers and new cans and new things mm-hmm. just to keep the, the spirit and this, um, and that momentum going until right. we're back. So to me, it's one of those ones, like it's so gratifying, you know, I can look at solo ones and go like, Oh, like, you know, work nine months for that. And you yeah, know, it's like a baby and you're like, Oh, it's out in the world. Great. But <laughs> sometimes I think it's the, those long-term things that, you know, just build a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the two podcasts that Nick is a part of. <laughs>
Are you a designer, videographer, or creative of any type? Then you need to be on Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with video courses created by professionals in their respective fields, giving you insights into how to take your skills to the next level. Whether you're learning a new hobby or pursuing a career, Skillshare has a class for you. With classes from creatives like Aaron Draplin and Roxanne Gay, there's no limit to how much you can learn from Skillshare. You don't want to miss this opportunity. Sign up today with the link in the podcast notes to get a free trial of Skillshare Premium Membership and take your creativity to the next level. Welcome back, everyone. So, Nick, you're involved in two different podcasts, the Creative Course and the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. Uh, so can you kind of give us an overview of how you got involved in that, sort of what role you play and, and sort of uh, what, what those are about? Yeah, they're, they've combined, which is kind of good. Cool. <laughs> Just recently. Um, like I said earlier, I was listening to podcasts back when I was trying to decide on a lot of different things about what to do. Yeah. And the DP graphic was the first one I found. I remember there were a lot of self-help things and there were a lot of great ones out there that I was listening to for just like those moments of like, Oh, you know, take the bull by the horn. And you know, right. if, if you never take a chance on yourself and all those things. And I was listening, I was like, Oh, here's a design one. This is great. You know? And, um, once I had cut, uh, quit the job, started my own thing, I was still listening. And I, I, I wrote them and just said, Hey, I'd love to be on one day if you ever need, you know, whatever. And they were looking for a new host at the time. And mm -hmm. it was just one of those perfect timing things. Yeah. And, um, nervous as hell. Cause it was like, I'd never <laughs> done anything like that before. Yeah. Uh, especially the first one. And, um, Wes and Mikel were both on it for quite a long time before that. And so I felt like the, the new kid on the block for a while, but then after right. a while, we just got into a really good role. I'd say, we took it for about six, seven years at that mm -hmm. point. And then just last year, uh, Wes was really push, pushing efforts into some other things he was doing uh, in regards to YouTube and doing mm -hmm. more video content and everything. And so he's like, hey, if you're more than welcome to take it over, uh, I'm just going to, I got to step away. I'm balancing way too many things. Right. So that was great timing. At the same time, uh, Jordan Wilson and I started Creative Course because I was trying to find a way to just bring in my curriculum and things that I was doing in school mm -hmm. into these courses. And, and one of the things we, we brainstormed at the beginning was what if we did them in batches, like, like a, like a season of a show on Netflix, right? You drop all episodes at once and you build mm -hmm. it for a few months. And that's what we were doing. These were kind of like courses. So it was like, right. we started with like five, then it went to like eight. And I think at the most, we did a nine episode thing and dropped it all one day, you know, and it was like topic driven. And those were intensive, man. Like, cause we yeah. just, God, we'd be up, you know, he's in Portland, I'm in LA. We were Skyping every day, editing this and that, re-recording, bringing in guests, making companion downloads. And I was like, dude, I don't know if we keep doing this. This is like, yeah. this is crazy. So when, when Mikel and I were just the only ones left on that, I just said like, Jordan, why don't you come on board with this? And we'll kind of, you know, fuse them together. In right, a way. right. And that's what we did last year. And um, boy, it's been a learning process of being not just on it now, but kind of like, you know, really steering it and doing all the behind the scenes stuff and the the sponsorships and the the guests and the uh, looking at the calendar year and the social media stuff and everything yeah. else. I'm sure learning a lot, you know, it's like, yeah, and I'm sure you're the same. Like, and then you, you get the, now all of a sudden you have the, the data and you have all the analytics and trying to figure that out. And what does that mean? And then like, does it mean anything? Like, should right. you just, do you just follow your course and do what you want to do? Or do you strategically plan a little bit more? Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at now with it. You know, um, it has been probably uh, one of the most like fruitful things to do because it, it, it's neat to be a part of the community in that way where it's opened a lot of doors. We, we, we've been doing great stuff. It opened the doors for me with Adobe and getting to know people there and expanding right. on different things with them. Um, getting to go to max with it and whatever. And, and then just our listeners are the, the friends of the, the podcast and people mm -hmm. that write in and tell us what they, what they learned or this and that. Um, and then getting to meet tons of new, great people, you know, it's, right. it's definitely been, uh, the, probably the most impact on my, uh, on my, uh, Rolodex, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just knowing and getting to meet these people and, you know, everybody likes to talk. Right. Know? Yeah. I think, uh, you're definitely right. So when I, when I started, 
Um, I, I sort of had the equipment for years, right? And and I was sort of the same where I was debating doing it. I was like, I don't know. And I don't really know what was keeping me from it. And so it was the end of 2019. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired yeah. of waiting. I'm going into my last semester as a design student. I got these fun projects I'm working on. Surely I can do a podcast. And I, I would say I definitely underestimated how much goes into it. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Cause you don't really think about, you know, the social media or the editing or the learning curve of like, okay, now I have to learn a whole new Adobe program. Um, so there, there are all those different things. And when I first made the podcast, the original idea, I kind of had it under this different brand, right? It's creatively brief. But the idea was to kind of connect with people who were following my design work on my my design account. I was like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to connect with them and I can't do it over just like text. Um, and so that was sort of the original idea, maybe bring them some like, I guess like like lessons from the guests and stuff. Um, and I also did not anticipate how much I was going to learn. And I look yeah. back at it now and the connections and the stories I've heard from people, uh, it's it's ridiculous how much information is out there that people are willing to literally sit down for an hour and just hash out with you. So, I mean, yeah. I look at this and I say, like, it's just so much information. It's so beneficial to me. And it's like single-handedly one of the best decisions I made. That's um, pretty cool, dude. Which is a yeah. weird thing to get off on. If anybody's thinking of starting a podcast, do it. I think we would both advocate for it. Yeah, I I I laugh because you said like you're, uh, you you wondered if you'd be good or this or that, and I laugh because I'm like, oh my god, dude, you're like you're a natural, like you know, it's like <laughs> uh, I think that's really kind of hilarious. And there's a like a, a good friend of mine, Chris uh, Porter, who does uh. he, he got into it by doing his, he's been doing started his called uh, Creative Punch, and yeah. um, and then a good friend of mine too, Michael Burpo, who was doing one as a student as well back in the day called Ballpoint. Uh. And, we brought, he's been kind of spearheading uh, a new episode kind of series that we're doing on DGDC now called Test uh -huh. Pilots, where young designers are challenged to uh, debunk like a, a design myth. And, you know, oh, and, cool. and, and it's really neat. So like, I, and I, I love that. And I've even, uh, I think Daryl was another guy I spoke with from um, Passion Behind the Art, or I can't remember his, and he's, it was such a fun conversation. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I love people that like, it's funny where it's usually the people that think they're not going to be that, that good or that entertaining or whatever that turn out to be the best. Yeah. You know? Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely, it, it's been fun. It's been exciting. And, uh, conversations like this are the reason I keep doing it. So, yeah. uh, yeah. very cool. So to kind of get back to some of the podcasts you're working on as well. Uh, so mm -hmm. you mentioned that the, the creative course and then the deeply graphic design cast have merged, uh, but the original idea, and you kind of touched on this, right. Is you were doing these sort of educational podcast episodes on the creative course. Um, was this, was the intention behind that to be sort of more, uh, maybe like younger designers, college aged kids. And, and was it, was it kind of pulling from the things that you were teaching in your courses yeah. or, or how separated or how uh, connected was it? hundred percent. Yes, yeah. it was that. And I think it was a matter of like having, I wanted a, 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 a something that would be much more instructional, yeah. much more, uh, less of the kind of like, Hey, let's just talk about design, you know, and blah, blah, blah. There's, and we already had that. And there's plenty others that kind of go in that same zone too. But right. it was strictly about we're taking a topic, we're going to dissect it. I was almost thinking of like, you know, just more in the, the world of like TV and in seasons and these things where they get to do it in such a, a much broader stroke rather than having to encapsulate it in one hour. We were doing it in these things. And sometimes we realized we're like, oh my God, we thought it was going to be five, but it turned out to be eight. And then we did this. Then like we'd get a guest that was perfect in that, in that, in that topic and we'd add them to it. And it's like, you know, and it was really, really much more instructional, much more driven to help you guide. And, you know, we course was a perfect name because it was course. Cause it was a class, right. it was also course of like the venture, you know, the, 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 the finding your, your course, where are right. you going to land? So we did this one that was like nine episodes of packaging and what was awesome. Oh yeah. The Amazon trucks here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cool thing about it was, all these people that were like, I just never even like thought of it. And then they dove deep into it. And we, we interviewed a printer. We interviewed a marketing strategist that told us all about what, what's, um, what consumers look at when they look at a shelf, what, what, what drives them to it. And all these things that were all about the psyche and everything. 
man. And I'm sitting here going like, I'm learning as we go. Yeah. It was, it was really something. And they're all still online. If you go to creative course, you can mm -hmm. search it on, uh, on Apple and on Spotify. Um, and it's really, it just gave us the chance to dive deep with it. And I think that was what was missing. Everything I was doing was so fast and on demand. It was nice to do that. And when, so Jordan was a guest on DGDC. Mm. And when I was thinking about doing the second one, we were talking and I was like, and he had such a passion for it too, that I was like, man, dude, this is, we, we, we'd be nuts if we didn't do this. Let's just give yeah. it a try. Yeah. So then yeah. looking at, at kind of where you are now, uh, and, and now that they've merged and you're kind of trying to balance between, you know, the education and these round tables, you've got mm -hmm. a really cool setup. You've got a lot of different, I would say like varying types of content that I think is refreshing, uh, to yeah. kind of not always have the exact same thing all the time. H how do you sort of approach finding new episodes? Uh, like when you're looking for a topic, is it something that maybe you've kind of been thinking about for a while and you're trying to get to the bottom of, or mm -hmm. is it based on maybe what people are telling you they're interested in? How do you sort of approach that? Yeah, we've got a working list like on our Slack channel of about 40 or 50. Yeah. And um, and then it's like it has to just, you know it when you see it, you know, like I yeah. see this thing and and it might be a combination of something one of us said and another one said or, you know, just solely brought up by one of us. And then it becomes this thing. And, and I think I was just thinking of this the other day. It was like I wanted to obviously look at it and be like, you have to ask the question, what value will it bring to the listener? Right. And if it, if it can really fill that tank, then it's, a, then it's a go, you know? Yeah. Um, like, so a few of the ones we've been talking about in the, in, in up, up, upcoming, obviously we didn't want to do like the typical, like new year's resolution one, but I found this great article that Tim Ferriss had put out and it was this great idea of like looking at your year in review and analyzing it. Where were the peaks? Where were the, where were the falls? And right. last year's this perfect year to use because so many people I'm talking to reacted in ways that they would have never reacted or, or, or even attempted to try if it wasn't for the year we had. So they right. found these ways of like pivoting that they would have never, ever thought. So right. we're looking at ways like that to kind of build a quick episode on and, and say like, wow, you know, out of all of that, some really good could happen. And, and maybe that can inspire someone to do the same now. There's, right. you know, it's not like there's any like, oh, well, you, you didn't do anything in 2020. No, now's the time. Like, right. wait, you know, years don't make any difference. If you need to do something, do it now, you know? Yeah. Um, and another thing we've been talking about is like more of like the agency world. Like we're talking to a few agency leads from some of the biggest, like what I call like more like boutique agencies that, mm -hmm. you know, we all love and follow and asking their, their creative lead, like what can an agent, what can you as an agency owner uh, advise the young freelancer or the small independent, you know, designer, right. What things that you have learned, can you trickle down to the, the younger designer or the solo entrepreneur, you right. know? So that it's, it's gotta have a benefit, dude. Like, and yeah. one thing, one thing Wes had always in like wanted to make sure that even when we bring a guest on, it's not about the guest really. It's the guest natural kind of uh, specialty and what can they share about that? What yeah. it's still gotta be a topic. You right. Know? Yeah, because I guess at the end of the day, like you're saying, like you, you have to approach it from a place of value because like the audience is what's going to make it successful or not. So you mm -hmm. have to make sure that you're kind of catering to them. And that that gets to be, like you said earlier, sort of like that balance between them, that and also making a show that you like, that you, you know, because you have to enjoy the process as well. If oh, it's yeah. miserable for you, then, you know, that's going to come through. So definitely a yeah. balancing game. But I, I think not only in podcasting and podcasting and uh, social media, a lot of different aspects value, I think is important to keep in the forefront of your mind. Uh, yes. If you want really anything to be successful. Oh, and it's so surprising. Like it, now looking at numbers, what makes me, what I think is going to be the freaking rock star is mm -hmm. the dud and vice versa. And it's, it's so weird. Like, yeah, but, but one thing I do like is really pushing the limits a little bit too with it. And um, we got to interview Dan Stiles, who was doing this insane thing about meme warfare and and how social media has just changed design. And we all as designers have to be a little more responsible about the work we're putting out there. Right. Uh, because it, a lot of times it gets misinterpreted. It's mis, it's misinformation and it could it could snowball and people start using that. And it's like, wow, what, a, what look how how terribly divided we are based right. on visuals from social media. How, you know, how sad is that? This was the most enlightening and like, just like, wow, I never saw it that way. The perspective right. he pushed really changed my thoughts. So again, you, you, you're just as much of a, of a um, audience member as any of our 
you know, family of listeners. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So then, uh, talking about the podcast and sort of, uh, you hosting, being a host, uh, what would you say is the balance between kind of making sure that it's educational and also entertaining, which I, I think this is something you probably have to balance as a professor as well, right? You want to <laughs> keep people's interest. And at the same oh, time, God. you want to make sure that you're teaching them. So, uh, especially how do you kinda, on Zoom, especially yeah, on Zoom. Oh. like it is like a whole other animal. I mean, yeah. God bless the teachers that are doing it, you know, every single day. I have yeah. it two days a week, but like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a whole other animal. That juggling act is interesting. Like, I think you just know naturally, like if we've had some hard hitting ones, you got to lighten it up, you know? Right. And if we've had too much fun, we got to throw in something a little more, uh, you know, I don't want to say serious, but like a little bit more thought provoking maybe. Yeah. So it's a balance of that. And then our last group conversation, we were just really looking at like, just like any other business, we started calendar, calendar planning this out and kind of making sure there's a good balance down the road right. with what we do. So now at least when we know our the buckets that are out there three, four months in advance, mm -hmm. we start knowing how to fill it. So that we go like, this one's got to be a light, like more entertaining one or whatever. Now finding that guest for it, it kind of helps you you know, fill in those buckets a little bit more appropriately. Right. Um, but also too many, I, I don't want to be too strategic with it as well. I think the ones I love and I listen to, I think are just much more shooting at the hip a lot of times. Yeah. So, right. How do you, how do you balance that out? Uh, yeah. I, again, it's all to the benefit of, will someone get something out of this? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, it's a, it's a balancing game and, and you got to kind of I think like you said, when you know, you know, kind of thing, I feel like it's kind of like you can feel it out. And if it feels too heavy, you know, even to you, then maybe, okay, well, yeah, let's, let's lighten it up. But, uh, very cool. That's a, that's an interesting perspective to kind of approach that with. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely something that I, I think maybe moving into this year, I'll kind of keep in mind as well, because I'm still, I mean, this is episode 33 for me. I'm still relatively new to all this. That's a so. lot. Hey, most people don't get past, you know, five. Yeah. Uh, I heard some crazy statistic last week and it just said, you know, something like, there's like 200, God, oh, it was, it was some crazy. It was like 2000 to 3000 are launched each day, if not more. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, and it's like 99.999% uh, never do another one, Yeah. <laughs> you know, or don't carry on. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah. So I think knowing that there's a legacy of, of good numbers behind us is the, is that, that thing that keeps you going too. Right. Um, and then it's that, that random email that you get that just someone, someone says like, wow, man, that one helped me out a lot. And you're like, yeah, great. Like, ah, oh, you have no idea how great that is to hear. Yeah. I've been, this, I've been on that, that side of the equation too many times. Yeah. Very cool. So to kind of wrap things up today, uh, if you had one piece of advice to give to any creative that's listening to the episode, I know there's a big one. Uh, what would, what would you say to them? Oh my gosh. Uh, I know you asked this, this was in your <laughs> notes and I did not rehearse anything here. Um, that's good. Off the cuff is good. Woo! Let's see. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> it'll be a thinking sprint, right? The big, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the biggest thing, man, I, I man, I, I guess I'm the thing, big thing I'm into right now is, and I'm challenging myself to do this too, is to turn, you know, turning off the influences of trends and things mm -hmm. that we see all around us and just following, like I'm pushing myself so hard to make sure that what I'm doing is one for the pro project at hand, but two, like have, you know, someone showed me this Ted talk and it was talking about the perfect blend for marketing is mm -hmm. familiarity and surprise. Like you, it has to have this combination of both. And that's this one thing I, I really love. I, 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 I'm just slowly losing interest in, in seeing things because I heavily was using all the things that we all use for inspiration and whatever, right. and making my mood boards and doing whatever. But I found that I was just collecting the same amount of stuff because whatever rose to the top was all I was seeing. Right. And I wasn't digging deeper into more challenging and more thought provoking things. So I'm really pushing that as something to, you know, on, on top of all the, these other things I can think of, that would be the number one thing. Right now in the moment, I think that's the thing that can help separate you. I think that's the thing that can help you stand out above these others. Don't don't worry about your work getting more getting more likes. Worry mm -hmm. about it getting you the next job or the right. next project. I mean, we have to switch that that whole conversation around. Yeah. Know? 
Yeah, yeah. A, a, such a good piece of advice. That's a good one. Something that I think maybe I'll I'll start to incorporate into my stuff for sure. Yeah, because the the likes are not going to pay the rent. So <laughs> yeah, and 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 I we all have to we all have to go through it. I'm st- yeah. I still you know, we're still glued and we're still so like you know it's a habit to just pick it up and look. Yeah. And, and, um, and I try to fight it now more than ever, but it truly in that, in that zone of what you are, what you are using to in, inspire you and find things look to different alternatives, right? If you're like, just, if I'm doing a new brand that's in that health and wellness thing, mm-hmm. I'm, why am I looking at other health and wellness brands? Like, you know, right. look, go look at, uh, the, the, the environmental paint company and what did they do with their, with their yeah. branding and design, right? Or just take your phone out and, and snap pictures of things that are organic and nature and things like that. Like get inspiration in that zone where like you're building your, the, even the foundation of that brand comes from you, not from right. inspiration because uh, we've all been guilty of it. And I have as well, many times that you're just going off of the, the hot thing of the moment. Yeah. And I just celebrate those folks that are just like in their own lane and, and, Finding them is, is is a rarity, but boy, that it's so neat to see that and keep looking for those kind of people uh, to be inspired by. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, very, very cool. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up today's show. Uh, but where can everyone find your work, Nick? Everything's at longodesigns.com and there's cool. a link to all social media, but I also have a really cool little page that I keep up to date with, with my students. So it's got all my class stuff on it. Uh, the podcast links are there as well. And, um, and I also do like kind of, you know, um, one-on-one kind of mentoring or portfolio review help and it's all there as well. So cool. Yeah. Very cool. And I'm going to drop links uh, like I always do in the podcast notes below so you can connect with Nick on all the different platforms. Um, And anything that we talked about in today's episode, I will link down there as well so you can go back and look at it so you get a visual to put to our conversation. Uh, Well, Nick, a huge thank you for sitting down to talk to me today and taking time out of your day to just have this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Oh, my pleasure, dude. And there got to be more people like you out there that are doing this too. You know, it's, it's very worthy. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, and, and thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of Creatively Brief. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on social media at Creatively Brief. I'll be back next week with another episode, but until then, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you guys in the next one. <laughs>